Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. I'd like to thank W.J. Pierce for creating and performing our music. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Thorn and Cross, Haunted Nights Live. I'm Alistair Cross, and I'm here with my co-host and collaborator, Tamara Thorne. Uh, before we t- introduce tonight's guest, I'm going to turn it over to to tell you where we're at right now. What was that? <laughs> oh, Hello? I know. Okay. I, no, we, we got something that happened funny with my phone. Okay, where oh. we are at right now. Um, yeah, don't mind me. We're very unprofessional here. Uh, but we do have two new books coming out. We each have a solo. Uh, mine will be available. It's available for pre-order now. You can get the paper or the hardcover. Not the hardcover, the paper or the ebook. I can't think anymore. It's been a hard day. Um, you can pre-order it. It comes out June 15th. It's called Brimstone. The Brimstone Grand Hotel, owned by reclusive former movie star Delilah Devine, looms high on Hospital Hill, harboring long-buried family secrets that whisper of unimaginable horrors, horrors that will echo down through generations. Within the walls of the Brimstone Grand, the past has come back to life, and Holly Tremaine and her grandmother Delilah are faced with an ancient familial evil that rages just below the old hotel's serene facade, an evil that won't rest until it possesses Holly, body, mind, and soul. Laugh crazy, Alistair. Wow. Oh, I caught him off. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I caught you off guard. This is this is a night. It takes place in 1968, so it has really good music, and it's a coming of age story. And Alistair's new release is The Silver Dagger, which is part is book two in the Vampires of Crimson Cove series, and picks up where the first book, The Crimson Corset, leaves off. Life in Crimson Cove has been good to the Coulter brothers since Gretchen Van Trees was staked and her horde of vampires scattered. But when she rises from the grave, the brothers are torn apart, their lives and the peace between them shattered. Meanwhile, a serial killer is stalking the little mountain town, leaving a trail of blood that leads to a truth Sheriff Ethan, Sheriff Ethan Hunter doesn't want to face. The streets are no longer safe, nor are the forested paths, for a new and unknowable evil has come to Crimson Cove, and everyone, vampire and human alike, must come together in order to survive and look for this book. Oh, with a a few weeks of mine. (laughs) Alistair, laugh some more and tell him the rest. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I thought I was supposed to. I like anyway, it. It turns uh, me on. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Uh, Everybody the first laughs. Book in that series is <laughs> the Crimson Corset is available <laughs> at Amazon.com. If you're a vampire fan, you might also want to check out its companion novel, Darling Girls, which is a collaborative effort by us, Thorn and Cross. Also, our latest installment in the serialized novel Ravencrest Exorcism is available now at Amazon. That is part four, and it's called Retribution. 
again, you're listening to Thorn and Cross, Haunted Nights Live. You can learn more about what we do at our website, ThalesterCross.com and TamraThorn.com. You can visit our mutual blog at ThornandCross.wordpress.com, or if you tweet, our handles are at CrossAllister and at TamraThorn. You can also visit our Haunted Nights Live page on Facebook. For more information on the show, you can visit Authors on the Air on Facebook, Twitter, and at AuthorsOnTheAir.com. This is a broadcast of the Authors on the Air, Global Radio Network, LLC. All right, uh, business aside, we are here with one of our very favorite people, favorite writers, favorite people, favorite guests, uh, Douglas Clegg. Uh, Doug is a writer of imaginative dark fiction, including horror, gothic, fantasy, supernatural, and suspense thrillers. His books have been published worldwide and translated into various editions. His short fiction has won the Bram Stoker Award, the International Horror Guild Award, and the Shocker Award, and he has been include and has been included in several years' best anthologies. Uh, the Prisoner's Garden. The, I'm sorry. The Poisoner's Garden is his new book of poetry. I, and, uh, I like the Prisoner's Garden. A That's a good of, idea too. <laughs> Welcome back. I'm glad it's, yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, Doug. <laughs> yes. We're all having mouth Thanks. dyslexia today. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I kind of, the prisoner's garden is actually a great idea, too, for a, a book of poetry. And that's a great, maybe I'll just do a garden series of poetry books. <laughs> well, you know what it was? Is, have you red. ever heard of, uh, have you ever heard of uh, Rappuccini's daughter, you know, uh, Hawthorne? Uh, uh, yeah, oh, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I have. <laughs> And there's yeah. that, yeah. And there's that, there's that, that whole concept of oh, being garden. like imprisoned in the. I think that's what I think that's what my where my mind was going. It's like a garden of perfection, but it was also a garden of poison. You're absolutely right. And she was a prisoner. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah that's well. a, you know what? See, I wouldn't even be surprised if that is some weird mental mind screw. Because I'm polite, I'll say that word. Um, for me, since I read that story young, and that story had a huge effect on me and influenced a couple of books of mine, including ne- parts of Neverland, where that story really is a powerful story about family, essentially. It's yeah. a great story. Nice. It is. That's, I agree. That's a good, one of my favorites. That's a good association <laughs> your mind puts with that then. So, yeah, it's, no, it's The Poisoner's Garden, and it's a, it's a mix of, of – this is my first poetry collection – it, poetry collections are sort of one of those things where you never really know if, you're, if it will slap you in the face when you finished it or if it's something that was worth giving birth to. But I've written poems since I was a kid. I felt that they developed enough to create a collection with some of the ones I've written within the past five to eight years. And I had a few that I think are among the best things I've written, actually. So I felt that that was worth a collection just to have those few. So anyway, that was that's The Poisoner's Garden. And the title poem, I think, is one of the best. And then there's another one called oh, Swimming, in Under- Swimming in Underwear that I think is the other best. And that's pretty much an a autobiographical one. It's about really the first time I fell in love with another guy when I was a teenager and how horrible that is with the times that it, we were in, which was very um, closeted, homophobic, and how that affected me and changed a certain perspective on things. So that, to me, is another poem that I really like. And then, I, then there's some others. There's some dark ones. Some are whimsical. Uh, a lot of them rhyme because I love rhyming poems, but not all of them rhyme. Mm-hmm. So I think, we love I, think readers, poems. I, I think readers will enjoy it. There's a gothic tinge to almost everything, every single one of them, even the more whimsical mm. ones. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Oh. And uh, if possible, I'd like to read a short one to you. 
Oh, please. You bet. We'd love to Is hear that possible? it. So this, so this <laughs> one, I mean, you know, some of these are very serious. They're not, some are funny and some are very serious. This is a serious one. It doesn't rhyme. It's called Why My Doll is Evil. And I'll start. It. So, she came from Japan in 1963. My father on business saw her in a shop window with her fan and obi and her curious smile. She stood on a chest of drawers. I could not sleep some nights looking at that placid face so shiny and white in the nightlight's halo. She beckons and repels with gently curved hand. Her lips move at night, but she has no voice. Things happen in houses where families live. She watched, and I watched her watch. She smiled as it happened, held her fan close. Her gaze told me nothing. I watched her lips move, and she remained silent while it happened. Now in the attic she rests, knowing more than she can say. Her black hair is ragged, her obi torn, her perfect feet tucked into wooden sandals, arthritic at her age. Yet she smiles, holds her fan just so, without voice, reminds me of things that happened in families while she stood watch. That's the poem. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little dark. Yeah. Very cool. And that's one of totally my There's some fun, whimsical ones. There's, it's, I, I really, I love poetry. I'm always when other people do because I don't always meet people that like it so I thought what the heck you only live once yeah, right. right you want to read any other ones a, a humorous uh, one I would love I would love to um will you be okay if I read another one are you good with that no we don't we because uh, we don't want you to yeah <laughs> yeah go ahead okay, so, we love this, it. so this one this is the title poem I, this is the title poem and this rhymes so there you go um, okay so this is called the poisoner's garden among the thorny grasp of roses, near aconite and pale foxglove, far past the red anemone, neath fruiting manzanilla tree, at Temple of Persephone, where lies my heart, where lies my love? Below the ridge of mossy stone, my love met Seder in a mask, who led him down a perfumed aisle among the lilies of the Nile, off crooked path of chamomile, while sipping ale from leaden cask. As respite from a searing sun, to arbor they through colonnade on marble plinth the two entwine wisteria sneaking down the vine the shrouded fawn failed to divine one who spied from deepest shade i had warned my love do not be fooled by sweetened glance or siren's call though honey drips below the hive its guardian stings with poison knives and stories of such ruined lives keep secrets at that garden wall I knew this satyr in disguise. I had heard such whispers in the town of lovers lost and rumored dead at bleeding heart and nightshade bed. This creature steps upon the head of Venus in her bath to drown. But my innocent, my heart, my soul, sun-kissed eyes of bright lark spur returned at dusk from his meander in burnished mood with trifling candor while in his hair white oleander betrayed a faithless saboteur. Will you take me there, my love, to yonder manzanilla tree that weeps with sap of brutal venom among the sumac, mint, and lemon to ragged grove that's meant to hem in the temple of Persephone, that marble dome to stolen bride nearby a well of hemlock water on caryatid shoulders pressed, a yoke imposed by their mistress whose shadow lets no light possess the shrine of fair Demeter's daughter. 
she who strayed midsummer's noon, unchaperoned at ancient well, torn from a pleasure garden's bloom, abducted by the ruthless groom, her deity eternal gloom anointed at the throne of hell. This temple to the goddess dark, who judges men her winter chore, as pomegranate trees surround, staining red her sacred mound, she wearing oleander crown drapes her gown with hellebore. So there I drew him to the well and tricked him to his crime confess. His gaze seemed not his own to me, his eyes shaded with antimony. I could not recognize who he became after his sharp transgress. We drank, I laughed, forgave him all. Though he protested innocence, he heard an owl in hunt disturbed, that ghostly otherworldly bird, with sound that seemed a foreign word made chilling by its dissonance. As violet light veiled poppy field, we lay beside that sacred well. I roused him, yet no sound made he. I kissed his eyes that he would see, and I offered him up humbly at altar to the queen of hell. Within dark thicket blossoms cup, within each cup a drop of nectar, within each sip a poisoned sup, as bees in swift vibration vector, lured by hue with honeyed lies, rushed to sip this venom's nectar, serpent sting its poison flies and then my love my love he dies so him with his bright flowery smile lustrous gleam and glistened eyes inhales his last of chamomile there captured in the thorny pile along that verdant feeded mile dies my love my love he dies a beauty grows from moldy earth which empty flesh may fertilize to bloom beneath this mossy ridge where lies my love my love he lies Past prickly grip of hungry vine, embraced in copper-headed nests of asphodel and baby's breath, where every beauty tastes of death, where worm and beetle plumb the depth, where beats my heart, my heart here rests, among the thorny grasp of roses, near aconite and pale foxglove, far past the red anemone, neath fruiting manzanilla tree, a temple of Persephone, there lies my heart, there lies my love. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's gorgeous. Thank you. Very classically yes, real because I'm, I'm that kind of guy. <laughs> I'm classically kind of guy. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Anyway, no, that was a long one, so I apologize for reading it out loud. I could have that's, picked a shorter one, but okay. I love that one. No, no. No, it's, it's great. Beautiful. It's great. It I'm curious really about is. that one. It's a... Uh, where did where did that one come from? What's what's behind what's the story well, behind po- that one? I poisoned my boyfriend at the time. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> well, one, thing is, one, one thing there's the classic. So there's a classical kind of poetry, where it's very much about the guy, and either suffering from a beautiful woman like La Belle Dame Sans Merci, or he is very much um, jealous of this woman who he suspects of all kinds of things. And uh, since I'm gay, I was like, you know, I want to do one about these two men and I want to do them. I, I want to bring that into the classical realm, which because the classical realm um, of this kind of poem needs more of it. And then yeah. I think when I was young and I don't have this anymore because I'm old, but when I was young, I was very insecure, <laughs> very jealous in some ways. Like if I date somebody, I'd always think, you know, clearly it's very easy to cheat in this situation. And so I would, mm-hmm. I would I actually had a problem with that kind of insecurity. And so that's part of it's playing with that kind of thing. And, um, you know, and it's fun to write a murder story basically where you start to wonder who's going to murder whom or what is the 
what's going to be the tragedy exactly. And so mm-hmm. um, anyway, that really is. And of course, I love I love mythology. I mean, I have my my office is filled with mythologically, uh, really 19th century paintings by you know the like Edward Burns Jones and Leighton mm-hmm. and um, uh, what's his name? What's his name? You know, what's his name? Um, yeah. House, John what my <laughs> and oh, so yeah. I have huge, huge reproductions of paintings of theirs all over my office because it inspires me. And also there's a lot of naked people, which mm-hmm. I like in my office too. That's always good. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's why we're so always naked on Skype all day. It inspires us. <laughs> so I, I do think mythology is inspired. Is, Mythologies and fairy tales, that's what I call it when I'm old, inspired. When it's mm-hmm. young, it's something else. Um, yeah. <laughs> but mythologies and fairy tales have always really inspired me, as well as horror tales. And I think also there's, you know, my first poem I ever heard in life was my mother reading uh, Annabelle Lee by Poe and also Ula Loon oh. and to me. And so, and The Highwayman, which is a very beautiful, dark poem and beautiful and sad, but also it's a ghost story ultimately. And so, those things really did influence me. And I was writing poetry a lot when I was very little and kept it very private. I rarely ever showed it to anyone. And so I've just always done it. Sometimes I set it to music in my twenties and thirties and I just rarely ever showed it to anybody. So now I'm yeah, showing it. Poisoner's Garden has a definite Poe vibe. It's, it's, it's really it beautiful. Does. It, 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 it reminds me a little bit of Annabelle Lee in the, in the best possible yeah. way. I, it, yeah. it calls to mind that that whole. I love Annabelle Lee. That's you know. But you know what? Oh, I've no. seen, I've seen occasionally, occasionally you you post your um, poetry on on Facebook or something like that. And I gotta say, mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. I, I mean, it, it's it's Thank really you. because <laughs> I I know I know what you mean when you say you don't meet many people who like poetry. I you know same thing. A lot of people just don't, and it's it's. I think a lot of it is because. A lot of it is so uh, <clears throat> inaccessible, and um, mm-hmm. uh, this is you, you know what I mean. And 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 yours yeah. is very very accessible and very pleasant. Um, and I I yeah. for one am very very glad that you've you've done a, a collection. Is this is this book available mm-hmm. now? Yes, it's available now. You can get it on. Oh, I I don't know if you can get it at BarnesandNoble.com yet, but you can get it on Amazon. You can get it in paperback and ebook. You can get it direct from my website in paperback by um, going to DouglasClegg.com under the side area and get a signed copy. And uh, it's available, I think, also on IndieBound, and it's getting out there. Uh, Books a Million, various other places. Yeah, in paperback. Oh, and then ebooks books nice. So, yeah. Thank you. And, and you, nice. have some, you have some other news, too. You've recently started a Patreon account. Let's tell everybody about right. that. I, I, I have. So it's an interesting idea to me. Um, there is a writer, science fiction writer, named uh, science, fiction, science Fiction and various other kinds of fiction um, named Cameron Hurley. And what she did was she had put up a Patreon page where it's you're charged per story she writes. It's for her, it's short stories. For me, it's going to be any length based on the community. And she built a community around it, or they came to her, and she or she built it. And she makes a very good living from short stories, which is highly unusual. It's something that I love yeah. for her short stories. I don't. I write them a lot. I do not send them out a lot because it's disheartening that the treatment of the writers who write short stories, it's generally disheartening. The, the payments, the the sort of like, you know, very low level of payment, which now and then changes. Now and then, you know, I've, my, I, I had an, my agent argued for doubling a payment one time, which was great. 
but uh, uh-huh. it's very low. It's, it's not a great, and so you can't really, writers can't really make livings on it. Well, she is. And so what I saw was, oh, this is something I can do, which is I published a Patreon, a new short fiction, and people pay $3 per story that I write. It doesn't matter the length of the story. So if I decide to deliver them a novella, mm-hmm. which I will be doing at some point, that's still the same price. And I do it before it will ever be online. I, I give a three-month sort of moratorium before I put it on any other bookseller website. Uh-huh. So these are usually readers, longtime readers who've heard of me, who are part of my social network in terms of social media, who are on my newsletter. And so they want to pick up my new books. And this is something where I can give them something early. And what, ha- what I get from it is, one, I've been getting up at 530 in the morning, excited every day right and it's been 10 years since I felt that way I've been right yeah I've been writing all the time but I haven't been excited and I haven't wanted to put stuff out and this makes me want to put stuff out I'm I'm, my whole life has changed from this in a few days because I'm getting up at 5 30 with my brain on and I actually shower and shave which is unusual for me to do first thing in the morning and I get down to my desk and I write first thing and I spend the time on the writing and then I this has not been my pattern in the last several years. So see, and I have a lot of books that are halfway done. I have a lot of stories that are 90% done. And yeah. I did not have the impetus to get them out. So this is the thing that's doing it for me. And if people want to join, which I would love for them to do, they can actually come to my website, douglasclegg.com, go to my blog, mm-hmm. and I have the link there. Or they can just remember anything I have online that's me is backslash Douglas Clegg. So patreon.com backslash Douglas Clegg. Or they can come to my website, find it through blog. Oh, excellent. Nice. Sounds yeah, like it's a really great, great thing. I mean, yeah, it's a great. People do various things. Patreon.com seems like a very creatively expressive place. People can do various versions of it. Some writers do a thing where they're like, I'm writing this novel. I will let you into the process of this um, if you will pay, um, be a patron for the period of time writing. Some people do uh-huh. um, I mean, some people do special sort of events or things around their work that are popular with readers. And it's a fascinating kind of community there, and I like it. And I've started supporting yeah. some other people there myself because I'm like, I find this exciting creative community going on on Patreon. So I like that. That sounds like an ad oh, for Patreon. Not... I didn't mean it to be that. But... <laughs> yeah, but that, that I mean, sounds really cool. Like uh... you're finding a home for your short stories, and that's, I mean, that mm-hmm. alone, if you've been writing short stories well, all these years that have never been seen, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, on top of which, by the way, again, it's just the first people to get it in ebook. After this three month moratorium, after I send them to one, they have three. There's three months where no one else will see those except them. Then I'm going right. to basically put them on the bookstore, so they will be available for sale. But the um, and again, regardless of length, the price is going to be the same. So nice. it's a few bucks, and I think that that's. It gives me something, and it gives them something. And the community building, yeah. basically, the building of the community, the people coming, the number of people coming, gives me the income that makes it work for me. Yes. Yeah, so that's I great. love it. I, I, love the, I love the idea of it. And nobody has to be there if they don't want to. And if they want to be there, I will give them my best. So, yeah. Fun. Anyway, so that's Good. it. And other than that's that, cool. I mean, you know, as as you know from the last several years I've been coming on the show, I've been working on projects for years. I just have not pushed that button to get them out yet because publishing yeah. has changed so much. I've been learning so much in the last 10 years by putting my entire backlist up on 
in uh, for my own company in both print and ebook, and some of them go in audio, mm-hmm. audio through Audible. And so learning that, figuring things out, having everything be proofread, which is a nightmare in itself, and oh, then yeah. writing <laughs> the new stuff, I haven't really pushed a button yet because I look at publishing in New York, which as you, as Tamara and I are from, you know, yeah. we know where it goes to that, what's going on there. That's those are always possibilities. We see the ebook and indie thing, and there's a lot of control and freedom in that and excitement. And so it's just mm-hmm. a matter of I didn't exactly know which world I really wanted to put my foot absolutely down in and say this is the world, but I'm finding Patreon a good entry point to this. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. We need more Doug Frank. I hope all your listeners will come do. And, and patronize yeah. me. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we were going to do a little bit of a special show, but because we're only a half hour, I think maybe we need to have you back maybe August or something on our next possible I would spot. Love, I would love and to. And we can t- talk about the gift of, well, not the gift of fear. That's a different book altogether. Talk about what scares us. We can, we you know, can I apologize. Talk. I apologize. This no, 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 no. Land, because I do think what scares oh. us, like what the – are we leaving now? Are we over? In, in a few minutes. We're almost <laughs> over, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have just a few more minutes left. We've just been half hour hour. Hour. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, we wanted you to talk about your poetry. That's the most important thing. But but that means we just want you back to finish, you know, part two of the same show. I would love and, to do and it, we'll and I would love, and I, and I think at that point there'll be more to talk about. And by the way, I want to tell everyone who's listening, who, who, has ever heard of me, Tamara Thorne, your new book, <laughs> is to me one of the most exciting, interesting horror novels for me to pick up, and I am looking Aww. forward to it. And you two together are a dynamo. So you've created fiction individually. Alistair's books I've read. And they're books that I have trouble ever putting down. I start them thinking, Aww. am I going to get into this? And then I go, oh, my God, I can't stop reading this story. Um, so <laughs> oh, nice. you guys, and you guys have become dynamos. Mm-hmm. You're actually um, of, what's the word, inspirations to me in the sense that you've really created this energy together, both for your individual projects and for your joint um, collaborations. It's remarkable. Oh, he's so good. Yeah. Alistair's working on his third Crimson Corset, Crimson Cove book, and, and it's like today we we read what he wrote, and I went, do you want to work a little more? Because I want to see what happens next, and that's that's how good it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, we better do our collaboration. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so, well, I mean, well, and I, I, mean, I, I gotta say, as as someone who I've read uh, Brimstone, you know, and I have to chime in and say this: this is yeah, yeah, I have actually, and it's but you know what? Yeah. This is this. I love this book. You're gonna love it, oh. Doug. You're gonna love it. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to read it. I have I have a list of books to read, but that's gonna go to the top of the list as soon as I get it. Ah, oh, thank it's you. It's fantastic. You know, thing to you. I may actually read some poetry. I loved your poetry, so. Oh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I love Alistair's well, poetry I'll... too, and and I don't usually like poetry I, very I, much. I, I enjoy Alistair's excellent. poetry quite a bit. So, Alistair, are you going to do a book of poetry at some point? He did. You know what? I have one. <laughs> you did? I did. I did. Oh, you did? Yeah. I did, yeah. Wait, I have it. Yeah. I have it. Oh. Uh, I remember the yeah. name. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, well, a, I'd already read the book. No, no, you're fine. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I did have – the thing is, is I, I – I don't know if I'll, uh, you know, everybody says, oh, you know, 
poetry doesn't sell. That's not necessarily true. I, I haven't had uh, a hard time with it at all. I think that you'll find uh, with the Poisoner's Garden, you might be surprised. It's uh, You hear that a lot, but it's uh, right. there's an audience for it, for sure. And yeah, I'm, I'm the I same will. as you. I, I, I've been doing it for years and years and years. I've got thousands mm-hmm. and thousands and thousands right. of poems. It's crazy. Well, well, I got to chime in because I write poetry too sometimes, and I, I memorized my favorite one I ever wrote. Go ahead. I want to hear it. Let's hear it. Okay. <laughs> Jerome, please don't visit our home. Your manner's rude. Your hygiene heinous. You don't point at people with your penis. It has to be spoken with a subject. <laughs> That's, no, no, that's my favorite really poem was. I've ever written. Listen, so you know, you, you recited for me. You recited that for me years ago, and I still remember it. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm honored. Except it's the only one I know. Except when you did it this time, I thought this last word was going to be penis. <laughs> I know. I know. Me too. <laughs> Oh God! So anyway, All right. um, yeah. we we are we are out of time, so we're planning on having you back in oh, August, uh, and we'll awesome. be yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, very Tomorrow. very briefly before we let you go, remind our readers one more time where they can find you and your work. Where where do they go? Best place is my website, which is Douglas Clegg, which is D O U oh D O U G L A S C L E G G dot com. And then to check and if the you blog, type, and if you type in Doug Clegg, it works too. And what's the yeah, other one? That's right. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. What? What's the other one? Doug Clegg or what's Doug the Clegg? Other? Yeah. Okay. And the Patreon. Oh, the Patreon is just patreon.com backslash Douglas Clegg. Excellent. All right. All right. It's, yeah. All right, Doug. Well, you you've been charming as always. It's uh, always yes, you well, glad to have you. So we'll, we'll be in touch. Uh, thank you for being on and thank you for uh, the book of poetry. I'm, I'm excited because uh, I like your poetry. So yeah. oh, thank you. We all do. All right. Thank you. Thank you. you very much. Yeah. All right. You thank are you. Welcome. And, uh, we'll tomorrow. and we will. We will. And uh, thank you, everybody, yeah. for listening. And until next week, we wish you haunted nights. And sweet screams. Thank you for listening. Good night, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. Yeah.